Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and thanks for downloading The Parenthood, the podcast where we discuss all things parenting. Now, before their babies are born, parents differ hugely in what they're most anxious about. But you speak to parents after the birth and what they find the hardest is mostly the same. It's the lack of sleep. You realise that feeding your baby, something that in utero was done automatically, is now a full-time job. New babies need feeding around every three to four hours. And that's from the beginning of one feed to the beginning of the next feed. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and that's before you've winded, swaddled, settled them, before you've done the enormous pile of washing your baby seems to generate, and before you've even thought about fending for yourself. It's no surprise then that most mothers are pretty keen on starting to encourage babies to sleep through the night. The idea of having eight, nine, ten, twelve hours straight sleep every night is a carrot that's worth pursuing. But how easy is this to achieve? With me today, I've got Sarah Norris, otherwise known as the baby detective. Welcome, Sarah. Uh, with, with 25 years experience as a maternity nurse, Sarah has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to babies, understanding what they need and how to make them settled and content. But more, I think, a deep-rooted wisdom about what really matters when you're a new parent. She says... There is most definitely no perfect parenting. This is an image often created by us, born of a totally understandable desire to be good parents. The redeeming truth is that this idea of unattainable perfection is also totally unnecessary. Nothing and no one around you is perfect. So let it go, along with the negative emotions that go with it. Sarah, thanks for joining us today. The idea of not being perfect while so many around you are, I think is a real demon for modern day parents, isn't it? Do you find that that sort of affects our ability to parent that? Yes, definitely. It, uh, it's causing massive problems because the second you focus on perfection, you are setting yourself up for failure. Perfection's impossible and in our everyday lives we know this, but when it comes to babies, our rational thinking goes out of the window. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, you know, one way to guarantee that you will feel emotionally vulnerable is lack of sleep. We all know that, don't we? <laughs> yes, definitely. I always tell girls on the bump class that sleep deprivation is one of the most effective forms of torture technique. And I think that yeah, puts exactly. it into perspective, yes. you know, how awful it would make you feel. Um, you obviously see this the whole time, the effect that sleep, ha- lack of sleep has on, on women who 
who yes. are new I parents. I see it with the mothers and the fathers and the rest of the family, but I go through it myself because I'm there with the families 24 hours, six days a week. So I, I've been on the receiving end of this for 25 years. Mm-hmm. So I know just how it feels. Oh, well, um, so I think that's that's why women want to encourage their babies to sleep through the night as, as soon as possible. So that's what we're going to talk about today. First things first, Sarah, Babies are born needing feeding uh, at least every three to four hours. So how quickly would you expect a baby, a sort of normal, healthy term baby, to be able to sleep through the night? What's that sort of time frame, would you say? I mean, I know it's different for every parent, but vaguely... You probably hate me when I say that before six months. That is, it's the, how long is a piece of string? Mm-hmm. But it's before six months. And I, yes, most babies will be sleeping through before then. But I say that because if you aim for that and your baby is not sleeping through at four or five months, it's not because you're doing it wrong. It's not because you're failing or you're a bad mom or, or everybody else is better than you. So if you set that up, you, you can't disappoint yourself really. So by six months, most babies are. And if not, it can be quite quickly corrected but there's variations on what it means to sleep through the night um a lot of my babies uh when i go within the first week i usually have them sleeping so that they wake once in the night so they have a last feed around 10 o'clock at night and they wake once in the night and then again in the morning and that's not because I'm magical and mystical that's just because I've met the baby's needs Mm -hmm. they've got a full tummy they're well winded they feel secure so if if you've got a, a baby, I would say if you're listening to this, your baby is sort of brand new, you're sort of coping by feeding them every three to four hours, mm. you realise pretty quickly that there's there's not very much time for you to sleep. I remember I had one girl on the bump class who said, you know, babies sleep most of the time. I just don't understand why mothers are so tired. And I just looked at her and I thought, just you wait. And I remember she contacted me afterwards going, you, you were totally, totally right. It's amazing. It's like there's a sort of drain on your time and the time just disappears it's groundhog day it really is you you can't remember you think how my okay if i'm breastfeeding baby's fed for 30 minutes or 40 minutes and i'll remember that i don't need to write it down but by the next feed you've forgotten whether that one was yesterday or today it messes with your head the sleep deprivation (laughs) and yes you are constantly feeding or doing something and if you're not aware of or if you don't create a structure around a feed it can just become not a feed but just an endless feeding process yeah it just goes on forever there's no start no finish and you've got no life and you deserve a life so sort of first sort of thing to focus on in that sort of those first weeks of your baby's life is to introduce a little bit of gentle structure is that your recommendation yes and i mean gentle there's never never any leaving babies to cry Never. They're telling you something. If they cry, they've got something to say and it's your job to listen and fathom that out. Obviously, they speak a completely different language, so it's harder. But... um how would you do that in that first sort of um, that first month? I mean, obviously, we, you know, we get presented with these babies and we think, mm. what are they trying to tell us? A lot of the times, there's a, a sort of a mix between tiredness and hunger going on in, in a, a feed. So I hear people saying, oh, well... Baby feeds every hour or every hour and a half. Well, how long do they feed for? Oh, 20 minutes. Or they only have an ounce from a bottle. Or... So what's happening is baby's having a snack just to take the edge off their hunger. And then they're going to sleep because babies are very tired. So 
but they, they're not very full, so they can't sleep for very long, so they wake up for another snack. The way I look at it is to try and describe it as a business feed. The feed is business. So you feed, you wind, you feed, you wind, you change nappies, you wake them up. And I set aside an hour for a feed time. They might not need that, but you set that aside as their time for their feed. And if you do that, um, I mean, people feel mean, the baby's fallen asleep at the breast or in their arms with a bottle. And, oh, it's mean to wake them. But actually, sometimes you have to do what's best for them, not what they want and they would just love to snack and snooze all day and keep you pinned to the bed or the sofa in your PJs. Um, it's a bit of a design flaw, I always felt. That, you know, when you're feeding your baby, they're in the most comfortable, reassuring position. You know, they love your smell. That's really reassuring. They feel your warmth. They hear your heartbeat. This is the, these are the perfect conditions in which to go to sleep. But as you said, it's a feed. You mean business and you, want your, you need your baby to feed. Yeah. Your baby needs to feed. So mm. um, I found that keeping my baby awake, my baby's awake while um, they were feeding was one of the most difficult things. I remember I always sort of took a layer off them um, not that they were cold, but they weren't quite so toasty warm. And it was, again, just made it slightly less appealing for them to go to sleep yeah. so that they could stay awake, fill up their little tummies mm. and then go to sleep with a nice full tummy in the hope that they then sleep a decent amount of time, yeah. feel restored and then be ready enough for the next feed. Yeah. And there's also the, the, the nasty little trick that wind plays when it gets in the stomach and distends the stomach so the brain actually thinks they're full. So if you don't stop and wind that baby, they may think they're full and go to sleep and then 10 minutes later they burp and they wake up hungry again, which adds to this ongoing snack and snooze. So if you feed, you take them off and you wind them. And there's very little about how to wind effectively. I've gone into it as much as I can in the book, as you can with the book, mm. with pictures and stuff. I need to show. and, and But effective winding can make the difference for your whole routine, for your whole life. Mm. Um, There's, there are some people are told that breastfed babies don't need winding. It's not uh, true, is it? No. I'm not allowed to scream on air, but no. <laughs> I swear, it, it brings me in a lot of money because I, I've gone to several jobs and troubleshooting jobs where I go and the baby's six weeks old or eight weeks old. There's this one of the case study in the book. And baby's got colic, baby's got reflux, the parents are exhausted, they have to hold their baby all the time or it won't sleep, their lives are just hell. And I go there and once the health visitors told them their baby doesn't need winding, or I've just been to another one recently, and the woman was in pieces with sleep deprivation, and she'd been told by the midwife that the breastfed baby doesn't need winding. So those babies have been in pain for six or eight weeks, of course they're not going to sleep. You can't sleep with stomach ache, it's impossible. And you can't feed properly if you've got stomachache. So, yeah, it's a total fallacy. There is, you're swallowing air. There's always air at the back of your throat. Mm. Even if they've made the perfect seal, it's going down their noses because it's breathing. That's why it's breathing. It's there at the back of their throat. So, yes, do not just, just totally ignore that. Ignore anybody who says it. So, so obviously some babies will probably be more susceptible to winds than mm. others. And in my experience, some babies burp really easily and some yeah. babies it can take as long as the feed and yes. you just you just got to sort of get used you've to really that. got mm. to get used to it the babies their own tolerances some yes as you say sometimes they part with the wind really easily others are tricky but sometimes it's their own pain tolerance some of them aren't really bothered by it and they burp an hour later and you wouldn't know it was there so but that's you will get to know your baby i promise you 
you will get to know what is right for your baby, your burping pattern for your baby, it might be. Two big ones followed by six little ones, and you know that's pretty much it. Or, you know, a couple of little ones, and, and then a couple of little, little ones a little bit later on. But you will learn that. Your baby will tell you, trial and error, you'll figure that out fairly quickly. You can figure that out within a couple of weeks mm. uh, so, um, so basically help. for that first month what you really want to focus on is getting your feed your babies to do business mm. feeds so to take enough to fill their stomach yeah. and to do that just really try and keep them awake mm-hmm. and make sure that you're burping them effectively at least once possibly even twice three times would you say in a feed yes just just keep going if your baby stops feeding take or slows down so they're just if they're at the breast just nibbling or just drops off from a bottle just take them off sit them up and wind them and that'll start waking them up and you can try and get some wind out but try a nappy change just simply the lying down fiddling around with their legs and picking them back up again will release a burp quite often um every time you pick a baby up try and wind them but just yes just keep going and it you may end up doing it three times a feed or 10 times a feed every baby's different because I'm, you know, we're we're all told, or certainly we tell women on the bump class that you know expect to feed your baby at least every every three hours. Mm. And people sort of see three to four hours and think, oh my goodness, that often. The reality is, for most newborn babies, that it is more frequently than that. Yeah, you get in, you know, especially if you're doing this sort of snack feed, they're going to be hungry again before sort of yeah. three hours. So actually, if you can even focus on trying to get sort of three, mm. a little more than three, three and a half, mm. three forty-five between each feed, and sort of slowly extend. That's yeah. the sort of ideal sort of starting block yeah. for a sort of little bit of structure into your baby's routine. Yes, I, I think so. And quite often, I, I aim for three hours. If somebody wants a routine, I aim for three hours because that's kind of a fail safe. You know, that's enough milk going into them, enough, frequently enough. But you sort of mentioned routine, which we haven't sort of mentioned up until now, but actually we've been talking about. I think the word routine conjures up a lot of fear and a lot of mm. mothers they have this idea that you know in, in inflicting a routine on your baby involves ignoring them if they're crying mm. not responding to their needs being shackled mm. to the routine and not being able to do what you want to do because the routine doesn't let you yeah I, I, in my experience, that's that's totally wrong. Um, what, what's mm. your view? It's a common misconception and it does happen a lot that it people just don't understand that A routine is what you make of it. And you can't use somebody else's routine imposed on you and your baby. It has to be an organic thing that grows from you taking account of your needs and getting to know your baby and taking their needs into account. And not just that, you have to look around at your lifestyle, other um, claims on your time, siblings, partner, work. So if you think about it carefully and work it through, you create something flexible that works for you and your baby and meets everybody's needs but it can be different every day if you have different requirements every day you can have a different routine every day in you know if you know your baby if they're in the pram will sleep an extra half hour you use that in your routine but i've just just been to somebody who is trying to get their baby to sleep through the night it was coming out of a swaddle and she was doing demand feeding and we were talking about it and she was saying well she'd had help previously and and the routine didn't work and it was just wrong and she felt bad and I questioned her a little bit more and it turned out this person had come in and suggested a four hourly routine and was quite strict about it and 
It turns out that it was just wrong for that baby. I realised very quickly he was a hungry baby and he liked being fed every three hours. So it wasn't that routine is wrong, it's just that that routine is wrong. Mm. I mean, I always sort of equate it to us, you know, we all have a bit of a routine and that we mm. sleep at night and we eat breakfast mm. and we eat lunch and we eat dinner, but we all differ the amount we sleep at night and when we go to bed, when we wake up, yeah. how hungry we are for each of those meals, yeah. whether we snack. And we get into that little sort of routine that works for us mm. as individuals. And I think that sometimes parents are brainwashed by these books saying, you must do this at 3pm and if it's 3.05, you failed. Because this will solve all your problems <laughs> and this is the way to do it. Yeah, I So flexibility a, really is the key. Definitely. I mean, I had a friend who was a few years ago and she was telling me, uh, we just had a, a strange spell of weather where it was beautiful weather in the morning, but every afternoon it was miserable and raining. And she was just so miserable because after a couple of weeks, she was saying, I haven't been out for a walk with the baby. Well, why not? It's beautiful every morning. Go out. Well, baby has to be in the nursery between 10 and 12 in pitch black and silence because she'd read it in a book and she was following that because she was afraid that she wouldn't know how to do it if she trusted her own instinct. So she was making herself miserable. But if you let yourself get trapped by a routine, it can lead to isolation, uh, anxiety, it can make you more vulnerable to postnatal depression. You need a life, you deserve a life, and the rest of your family do as well. So the right routine is key. Mm. Um, and there's always, always keep it flexible. Never, if you find yourself in a routine that ties you down, rethink it. Mm-hmm. I must say, my children's bedtime fluctuates as uh, to how I, tired I am. Sometimes I think I just need you to be in bed <laughs> at seven thirty yeah. uh, because I need to, to just have a bit of time yeah. off. And um, families are all know, about compromise. They're all about compromise, and sometimes you're more important than your baby, <laughs> which freaks a lot of mums out. But yes, you are, and sometimes your partner's more important than your baby. Um, well, ultimately, they rely on you totally. So yeah. if you're not in a good place, then the, the per- first person that's going to suffer is your baby. That's it. And real life, they've got yeah. to fit into a family, yeah. and life goes on around them. So, yeah. so talking about sort of introducing a little bit of structure into your baby's life. So we've got that the first month is about sort of developing a little bit of structure around mm. sort of feeding and trying to get these feeds as effective as possible. As you go into the second month, um, how is that changing? Is it changing? Would the feeds be stretched? It can change. I'm cautious about changing feeds because a lot of babies still like being fed and do well on feeding every three hours for three or four months. But what you can do is start spotting their patterns. I always uh, suggest keeping record keeping. Now, not... Again, something that will restrict you or become a bind where you have to write every second that they sleep and every milliliter that they drink. Um, Just when they sleep, what time of the day they sleep. So you might spot patterns which can help you change routine or or manage nighttime a little bit. Uh, Maybe your baby sleeps more in the morning or sleeps more in the afternoon or is sleeping an awful lot and you're letting them because that kind of makes your life a bit easier, but they're not sleeping at night. So you might then have to look at how, is there anything you could tweak in the day that might make them a bit more tired at night without making them a new miserable? And you might find that actually if you, you know, go for a walk um, with your baby in the pram, that they might stay awake a little bit longer. Or if you play with them or don't put them down straight away or put them on a mat to play, you might get an extra 20 minutes or half an hour of wakefulness and see how that affects the night time. 
and again keep a record and if you think oh that got me an extra half hour sleep or it meant that you know baby went to I don't know was was more restful because the snuffling and wriggling can wake you up just as much as as the feed me signals and then Try the next day, see if there's anything else you can tweak, because quite often there's not a simple big fix. When I go in and I assess routines, I'm looking, can I sneak 10 minutes there, five minutes there? Oh, great place for 45 minutes or an extra long bath time or a split feed. There, You can start adjusting, but you still have to... Babies are still very tired and they can't play. They can't do anything to amuse themselves. And if you're doing a lot of playing and smiling and talking, you can actually get them overtired. So again, it's about you knowing your baby and trust yourself and think about what you're doing and look at them, observe them. And uh, if your baby goes into meltdown suddenly, like they lose their sense of humour and start screaming at you, you've pushed them a bit too far. So they're still very tired and a lot of babies that age sleep. If you're... If you're winding them and feeding them properly if you've got that settled um so i think, I think it's yes. so interesting the idea of kind of record keeping and observing your baby mm. to try and work out what is right for them and i think possibly in today's busy world where there's mm. always the distraction of a phone your baby's you know <laughs> yeah. kicking under the play mat and you think oh brilliant i'll quickly look at instagram mm. we're not observing our children enough and no. actually that's where the secrets are held mm. isn't it mostly and i like the idea of you know not turning into a total control freak and no. you know noting every observation of your no. baby but actually looking at the broader picture and saying mm. actually you know what let's make that morning sleep a bit longer because he always sleeps brilliantly at the morning mm. and then you know what if he wakes up after an hour in the lunchtime sleep it's not the end of the world and no. being able to adjust according to what you think your baby is telling you yeah. so that you can create a, a routine that works for you mm. and and your baby yes yeah now you mentioned sort of the idea of kind of keeping them awake this was what i found the hardest thing mm. trying to keep your baby awake as you said they can't play you can't plonk them in front of an ipad you can't give them a toy to play with because they don't do anything no. and actually i had um i had a girl um contact us and she's i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Said, you know, there's so many books on how to feed babies and get them to sleep and into a routine, but there's nothing to, on, on what to do when they're awake. And she said, which is obviously getting more and more as she gets older. Uh, she says, you know, some, some people say, you know, put them to play on their play mats for up to two hours. And she said, you know, there's no way my child would stay at play on her play mat for two hours. I might get five or six minutes. She said, what else can we do with babies which doesn't overstimulate, but doesn't let them fall asleep? If I take her for a walk or a drive, she falls straight to sleep. Mm. 
I, I find if they're in this awkward stage, and it's usually sort of just before three months when they will start to look around more, it's 10 minutes of something. Mm-hmm. So they'll be on the play mat for 10 minutes and then maybe you can put them in their baby bouncer talking to you while you're in the kitchen doing something or while you're having your shower or... If you're going to have a shower, put them on the bathroom floor because it's the difference, that novelty, different lights, different temperature. Bathrooms are actually great Mm. because they've got shiny things. And um, with some babies, when I'm really trying to to push them, you stand over a sink and and show them the tap and put the tap on and... Let them see that. And then on again. And And hear it, yes. And get it just gently warm. You can put their toes or fingers under it. Um, I do a lot of walking around. I mean, I have to say it's crippled my back because you always set yourself backwards slightly. And you you carry them around facing outwards so it's not a snuggle. And look out of windows and wander around the house if you've got other children. It means you can't get anything else done. But sometimes that input, that effort is worth it if... It gains you something at the end of the day. And it might just be, you know, that keeping them awake, say, in the morning means they'll have a really good sleep in the afternoon and that's when you need to catch up on your sleep because that's when you flag around about three three o'clock. And that's perfectly fine to do that and it's worth it because if you time it when you're doing your chores or pottering around the house or the garden if the weather's good, it's not a big deal. But anything that if you need a nap, an hour's nap makes you feel human to get you to the end of the day, then anything doing it is worth it. Yeah, there's a big misconception that sort of a baby just slots into your life and I'll look after the baby and I'll just get on with my work. And actually, you know, so are some babies that will amazingly sit underneath a baby gym for an mm. hour, but the majority of babies, they won't. And it is, keeping them awake and looking after them is a full-time, fully engaging job. So mm. I think if you're listening to this and you're thinking oh, that is exactly my life, don't feel that your baby is different or done anything wrong or that you're doing anything yeah. wrong. That's just how babies are. And it actually, is as they get a bit older then they are more likely to start playing with yeah. things and if you if you accept it as normal you feel less frustration around it but also the thing to remember with babies is everything is a phase and it will pass and there will be a time and you look back on it and you think oh thank god I'm not going through that anymore or oh, wasn't that awful and wow isn't it different so These phases can be like two weeks. All it takes is for something to click in a baby's head for them to suddenly really be fascinated by something under the baby gym. I say usually around three months and then they will stay under it for ages, usually till the end of four months and they get bored and then you have to start all over again, find him something. But it's all phases. They're all survivable and they all pass. Yeah. No, I think that's great. And I love the idea of it, that it's sort of 10 minute increments, which mm. when you've got, you know, 12 hours of data fill, it's a lot yes. of 10 minute increments. Yeah. But like you said, changing rooms, because they're very aware, probably more aware than we're aware of, yes. of atmosphere and environment. Temperature, light, sound, everything. Yeah. So just that in itself, and yeah. even going to sort of answer the door, that yeah. will sort of stimulate them. I remember yeah. so well when my son was about three months old, you know, I just picked up, um, I was in a restaurant and I picked up a table number, which is a big black number on a, and yeah. he was absolutely wow. fascinated. He spent 20 minutes just staring at this <laughs> black number on a white paper. Mm. I was thinking there I've bought all this baby gym yeah. stuff that he has no idea about. And he mm. just loves the number two. Yeah. I said babies are sensation junkies. Everything to them is new and exciting. They'll stare for an hour at a, a, a little 
spot on on a white wall. And, you know, like I say, you've spent a fortune on these bright colours and Lamar's toys and everything else like that. And, you know, they want to look at the light fitting or the light switch and, yeah. And so you're getting then into the third month um, and obviously your baby's stomach is growing. Um, They're hopefully at this time kind Mm. of consuming more between feeds. Should you now be able to sort of string them out between feeds or looking for signs that they're able to do that? Look for signs. Um, Your baby, go by what your baby tells you. Because I always suggest that the pattern is eat and then awake time and then sleep so they always have a good sleep before a feed so they're in they're well rested and in a good mood to have a good feed so if you're always waking them after their sleep for their feed you can probably get them to go a little bit longer so look for little signs like that or for the fact that if they have woken up from the sleep and it's not feed time if they're happy to play then yes you can go a little bit longer but don't get stuck in the trap that you think you suddenly have to go from three hours to four hours you can go from three hours to three hours 15 minutes or you can have some feeds in the day where maybe you'll have a four hour and a three and a half and then the rest are three going on towards the end of the day when they're more tired and fractious it's not this clean cut thing and you'll find days until it settles you'll always find a bit of backwards and forwards it'll something will work one day and they might be able to go four hours one day and the next no they're not having any of it um and just go with it and, and i think that's such an important point you know you will take a two steps back four <laughs> steps forward and it's not that you're sort of going backwards and that you're yeah. losing you know the the the, the uh the, the positive that you've you've mm. gained that's just the way it is and if it wasn't you'd almost worry about it if your baby always like a you know they're not robots they're not clockwork now um, I think that's that's really interesting. I mean, um, one thing that um, I was told, which which makes total sense now, I think of it, but I've never come to it from my own accord, is that their calorific intake counts over 24 hours mm. as opposed to per feed. Yes. And, and I suppose what you are trying to do in the sort of interest of encouraging them to sleep longer at night is trying to consume more of that daily intake yes. during the daylight hours as yes. opposed to the nighttime that's, hours. That's why people are in, sometimes in too much of a rush to go to four hours and I say sometimes don't do that until you've got the night sorted think about what your priority is if your priority is sleep at night don't mess with the day if it's going really well and your baby's feeding three hourly during the day or with the odd three and a half hours and your baby is gradually going longer and longer at night everything is heading smoothly and gently in the right direction don't mess with that then when you've got the night sorted then try changing the day because when you start extending feeds in effect you'll get to a point where you miss a feed and that that's that may be a a sixth or a seventh of your baby's daily intake and that might be enough to set you back so you know it's just about your priorities and just sometimes zoom in to see sort of fine detail and other times zoom out and look at the whole picture over 24 hours sometimes even over 48 hours and look at it that way. So don't think because your friend's baby's gone to four hours, you should, because mm. because that's, that's what everybody else is doing. Their baby is different. Their lifestyle is different. Everything is different. Just go with you and your baby. Focus on yourself. Ignore everybody else. And nobody else's opinion matters. 
So when it comes to sleeping, some babies are amazing sleepers. Mm. And from day one, they just drop off wherever. They sleep wherever. They, uh, you know, they're sound mm. sleepers. They're not so- and some babies find going to sleep difficult. They find staying asleep mm. difficult. How much of that can we influence? Um, I think this is obviously something that people talk a lot about yeah. when they're in this stage with yeah. their friends. How, how, how can you create an environment in yeah. which your baby sleeps sort of well at night? What would you say is the most important? The most important. Um, I really put you on the spot there, didn't I? Yeah. Yes. I, my winding. Well, no, because everything's interacting. I suppose it's the feeding. It's well-fed babies tend to sleep. Well-fed well, babies, but then if they've got stomachache, they're not going to feed. Mm. And also, if they feel insecure, I'm a great believer in swaddling. And a system that I use is to the business hour feed, really good winding, and then a swaddle and you then cuddle them off to sleep cuddling and swaddled and then you put them down the swaddle act like a portable hug so they still feel like they're being held but you can put them down so I don't actually think there is any one thing that is more important than the other it's the balance the important thing basically is meeting your baby's needs but there you can influence it massively I can go in to a situation where it's like a war zone it's a tangle, it's a knot, and you have to find an end to pull. Quite often I will start with a feed, and then I'll work on the winding, and then I'll swaddle if that's agreeable with the parent. And fine, and I've been told the baby, that you can't put the baby down, and the baby's this reflux and colic and this and the other. The baby hasn't got any of those things, and I've gone in and done a good feed, shown them how to wind, and swaddle the baby, and made the, the Moses basket comfortable and snug and put them down and the baby sleeps and the parents look at me and I had one lot just burst into tears because they couldn't believe it and they'd fought so hard for eight weeks so there is a lot you can do yeah Um, and sleeping environment I mean obviously babies are often sort of brought home and they sleep wherever they sleep whether mm, they're in the kitchen or wherever because they're exhausted to start with yes and they will sleep anywhere but that's actually a good thing you can take that as as an opportunity to get them into a habit everything's all about creating habits with babies now creating good habits or bad habits that's up to you sometimes to them because they're really good at training you but yes it if you in that first sleepy two weeks can get them used to business feed and being wet fed and winded and swaddled or put down however you want to put them in a workable situation and by this I don't mean in a blacked out silent room because you'll spend your life tiptoeing around your baby that'll mean you're restricted to the house and if you ever have a second child you can't do it the same way plus your first child will be totally traumatized by the second child that's coming along creating noise and and distraction i just i go places where they're tiptoeing around the baby and whispering and so don't do that keep them in the room with you light noise um but if your baby's noise. finding it hard to get to sleep, should mm. you maybe think about maybe putting the baby down in a separate room as long as you can hear them, as long as you know that they're safe, so that in case because we all there we're all different, you know, some yes. of us will fall asleep very happily yes. on a plane in the noise and yeah. it doesn't affect you. Some people are like, I just need it to be dark or I need it to be quiet, yes. and you use earplugs or an eye mask, whatever it is. Yeah. Surely babies are like that too. Yes, they can be of- noise sensitive, and some of them can stand constant noise, but not sudden noises. 
So in in that case, there are things you can do to give your babies sleep signals that kind of reassure them. And one I like to use is um, white noise uh, and you can get gadgets. So white noise is like the sort of, you know, like the vacuum. Yes, there's all sorts of, there's trains and you can Mm. get apps. I use an app on my phone and the one I like is a wave because it has to be something that isn't going to drive you insane when you hear it day in, day out, for hours at a time. So I use a wave and that can actually, sometimes that can allow you to still have the baby in the same room with you, but it gives them, you put it in the Moses basket or wherever they are with them. And it, it's a consistency and it will help mask out sudden loud noises. But yes, if your baby is noise sensitive and light sensitive, put them in a separate room by all means, pop in and out and, you know, keep an eye on them, use a monitor. Um but I would suggest using something like the white noise just so they don't... Or a radio. People use Radio 4. I've heard people using World Service or music. Just something that stops them being used to sleeping in silence. Because then if you find you want to go out in the pram, if your baby's used to silence, you know... It's hard. Um, but yeah, you mentioned the sort of sleep cues and that sort of signal mm. to, to show your baby that it is sleep time, that they mm. very quickly associate with sleep time. Very quickly, and I, yeah. I remember being told, do whatever, it is, do whatever you want as long as it's easy. If it yeah. ends up that that sleep cue is you rocking their cradle and singing the special song, something that only <laughs> you can do if you are there, <laughs> you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. I remember I just used the music was that was on the baby monitor which mm. was a sort of tinny uh, kind oh. of percussion version of nursery rhymes mm-hmm. which like, is the soundtrack to the baby years for me yeah. but it was brilliant because anyone could turn it on yeah. it was always there because the baby mm-hmm. monitor was always there and the best thing was is that I could then switch it on remotely from the monitor which was right yeah. by my bed so oh, wow. you know I get to the stage where my children were like six seven months old sleeping through the night and maybe they'd wake up and sort of make a little sound mm. and very often instead of going into their room and calming them or switching, mm. you know, I could literally just press the button from yeah. my bed. And more often than not, that would, you yeah. know, make them go to sleep again. That's yeah. sort of signal. It's not time to wake up yet. No. Go back to sleep. And my children, you know, they're six and seven. They still yeah. love that music. Yeah. Yes, it is. You need to make sure it's manageable and transferable because, I, you know, some people, they go a bit nuts on the, the, they'll do anything to get the sleep. So they have these very expensive props, things that that your baby will only sleep on a certain surface in a certain way. And then you go on holiday and, and you can't pack it and you've got nothing. All the sleep signals must be transferable. Think if you can, you pack it in your baby bag, your sleep. If you're going to your friend's house and you're going to have a meal and you want your baby to sleep in their spare room, you can use the swaddle, the dummy, the, um, the light levels, and uh, any other white noise or music, you put that, you can carry that in the baby bag and you put that there and the baby knows exactly what's expected of it at that time. It makes it easy for you and easy for them and gives you flexibility so you can get out and about. Yeah, I must say, I think the greatest thing you can do for yourself as a mother is is keep life as simple as possible. Mm. Don't overcomplicate things. And if you apply that to any decision you make, whether it's, you know, the simplest Mm. buggy, it is easiest to to lift up and fold and the simplest simplest bottles and all of those things that, you know, life is so full. Even your your record keeping, keep it simple. You may... we focus on detail, we over-complicate and we end up I don't know, focusing too much and we micromanage and that, that stops us seeing the bigger picture 
and just makes life unbearable really uh, stops you enjoying your baby which yeah. is what you should be doing yeah so hopefully if you're sort of introducing sort of do have a read of, of Sarah's book it's, it's really good at um, articulating how you can sort of get your baby starting to sleep through the night and it does it does happen sort of sooner than you think and mm. my goodness that is just the most amazing thing I mean I think again there's a big misconception that once your baby starts sleeping through the night that's how it will always be <laughs> you know the first time your baby sleeps through the night this is not the green light to resume your life and this is and party. it you think, yeah, yeah sorted I've cracked it it's amazing sleeping through the night once a week is great and then mm. for the second week maybe twice mm. and and, and even when they're consistently sleeping through the night, there is always going to be the odd day that they all do wake up because they're, they've got a cold or because they're teething. Or it's because, a growth spurt exactly. or something's upset them in the day. They've got overtired or they're fighting something else. Yes. Um, basically, the rules with babies, they seem to have this unwritten rule that whenever you've got something sorted, they change mm. what they do just to, just to wind you up, I think. It, it seems like that sometimes. But they will, everything remembers phases. So so they can be going through a, a really well-behaved and letting you sleep phase. And then for some reason that you will never know the reason for, they will revert or invent some new horrible thing to do in the night. And it doesn't mean anything's wrong. It just means something's different. Just sit it out. Stick with what you know. Stick with your sleep cues. And the consistency, consistency always wins out with babies and children because it helps them. They understand the world by seeing patterns, understanding patterns, making sense of them. So if you're consistent, you are creating an easy pattern for them to follow and it helps them manage their expectations and understanding of the world. So yes, if it all goes upside down and topsy-turvy, stick with what you know, don't doubt yourself. Yeah, and don't also, doubt I think, what you've like been you doing. said, don't spend too much emotional energy trying to work out why, because you're not going to know why. No, and it's, knowing why is probably not going to make any difference either. Yeah, so it's just, just babies. It's just what they do. You just play your whole, you spend your whole life playing catch up with babies. Yeah. Get used to it, accept it, and keep your sense of humour. <laughs> well, my next question was going to be, what about, you know, when the clocks go back, travelling and mm. time change? But you've just answered that, you know, just... Keep it going and keep, keep it, it going. Um, you can look at things like um, clocks going forward and backwards or you can try the sneaky approach, which is just go for something instead of trying to do it all at once. If you've got an hour to make up or you're traveling and it's only two or three hours, go for a little bit at each feed. Use the feeds as the anchor points for your routine and try and either push the feed back by 15 minutes or bring it forward by 15 minutes each feed. By the end of the day, you've done it without any trouble. But at the back of your mind, keep an eye out for any opportunity. Say if you want to gain an extra hour, if your baby happens to stay asleep for an hour, go for it and then just pick up the routine and build it around it but stick with the familiar cues and the consistency they'll they'll cotton on and again it only ever takes three days when anything goes wrong with your baby and you think you'll never fix it three days is the key number and they'll sort it out if you're consistent they'll pick up their cues from you settle back into their own routine or if you're trying to solve a problem it takes them three days to learn a new routine as long as you're consistent so don't panic don't think oh i'll never get this just three days you can always survive three more days yeah, yeah. sarah this is great thank you so much for taking time out of your yeah. busy schedule um i'm sure there are a lot of mothers who are sort of feeling like they're failing listening to this mm. feeling incredibly reassured if you've liked listening to someone who really is such an expert, I'd recommend Sarah's book, The Baby Detective. It's available now from Amazon and all good bookshops. It's fourteen ninety nine. It's 
easy to read. It's brilliantly laid back. Um, and I think it's a really invaluable tool for all new parents. Do also have a look at Sarah's website, which has more great information. And you can obviously contact Sarah directly. So have a look. Her, her website is babydetective.co.uk. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. For more episodes packed with practical advice and relevant tips, please subscribe to The Parenthood so you won't ever miss another episode. It's free and subscribing means that all the new episodes are automatically downloaded to your phone. And don't keep The Parenthood a secret. Tell your friends about us because the more listens we get, the more episodes we can produce. Let us know how you're finding the podcast by rating us or follow us on Instagram. We're at theparent.hood. Instagram's also a great way of letting us know what you'd like to talk about next. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.